Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So over the days, we've unfolded the instructions to include a variety of experiences that show up for us as humans. The experience of the body, experience of emotions, thoughts. We added the lens that you can tune into about this feeling tone, Vedana. In the beginning, we very strongly grounded the attention in the body. And here you can feel the body sitting, your contact with the ground, with your cushion, chair, bench. So initially the instructions were to primarily keep your attention there and then if something pulled you, your attention like a thought or emotion, then to recognize that, label it, and then come back again to this anchor of the body. If the sense of collectedness and mindfulness has grown strong enough, it's possible to hold that anchor more loosely. So it's possible to just know experience exactly as it is without preferencing the experience of the physical body as something to pay attention to. So in this way, we can actually rest back in awareness. Have a receptive approach and attitude. And as we rest back, then something might become apparent. Maybe it's a sound, maybe it's emotion, maybe it's a thought, maybe it's an experience of the body. It's possible to know that, allow it to arise, allow it to pass away, and then the next shows up. And then know that experience, or just as it is. And then the next one. It's possible that one can, in some ways, have an open awareness and allow the attention to flow as the objects naturally appear, just knowing each one as they appear and pass. If it seems like you're getting lost in thought a lot or it's getting confusing, you can note that confusion know what that feels like too. And if it feels helpful, you can reground the attention in the body again. So for some period of time, you can reconnect again intentionally with the experience of the body breathing as a place to rest the attention and then practice in that way too. So it's kind of an art and a, as well as a technical side, 
We're playing with that, learning to be artists in the meditative field, you could say. Now, in case it all seems confusing sometimes, overwhelming, the variety of experiences that show up, it can be helpful to reflect there's a way in which it can be very simple. Earlier in the retreat, we talked about how there's uh, six sense experiences that we have as humans, which is what we call our life. So the seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, hearing, and the experience of the mind. Now, if you're sitting with your eyes closed, you're not actually seeing. The visions that are coming are actually mind objects, so experiences the mind. So now we're down to five sense doors. And usually once you've come into the room, you get used to the smell. You're not smelling too much. So now there's four sense doors. And then mostly you're not tasting too much unless some piece of breakfast gets dislodged from their teeth or something. So yeah, mostly we're down to three sense doors now. So this is actually a multiple choice vipassana now. What's happening is either A, experience of the body, B, experience of the mind. C, experience of hearing. And all of that shows up in a wide variety of experiences and all kinds of different tones and qualities and frequencies and loudness. But basically that's it. Primarily one of these three experiences will be happening. Experience of emotion you could feel in the body or sometimes you can feel in the mind. So it can be experienced in those different ways too. But it's all part of that. So if it's interesting to you to practice like this, if you want to try that, you can allow your attention to rest back and experience. Just relax. Very gently, the effort is very slight that's necessary to tune in. (coughs) So what's happening now? What's predominant in experience? Is it an experience of sound, of hearing? an experience of the body, experience of the mind. It's helpful you could use the noting or labeling to identify it. And then what's happening now? You can continue in this way, just relaxed, aware, open. Being present with the flow of experience as it unfolds on its own, part of nature.
Just knowing what's showing up in awareness now. Just observing it as it shows up, as it fades away. And then being whatever is next. Experience of the body, experience of sound, experience of the mind.
have any questions about your practice? that you're having intense emotion about things happening on retreat that's coming up? Um, And how are you relating to that? Mm. Yeah, in the acknowledging, um, what is that like for you? When you say acknowledging it, what's happening there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's sort of a, a balance there between the, you know, emotion comes up, strong emotion, and then, um, you know, even the words that we're using can mean different things, which is why I was inquiring a little about that. So the acknowledging is like recognizing this is here, but then... Um, also, in some ways, just like allowing it to live out its energetic life, right? And there's some balance between, you know, what it might feel like, oh, is this indulging it, versus like, okay, sadness, check, move on, you know. So you can actually really allow, okay, sadness, and then feel, um, what does this actually feel like here? Like, what is the energy of this? It's heat, swirling, expansion, and really actually just be in a very direct, intimate way with the movements of that. Right? And then maybe this, there's a story going on in the background, like, how come I never get to do this? this? You know, whatever the story is. Let that roll, but primarily keep the attention with this energetic movement and feel the movement of that as it rises. You can sometimes even inquire with awareness, like feeling the outskirts of it, feeling if there's a center, feeling if there's parts that are dissipating like this. Now, sometimes with strong emotion, there's also like a sub-fuel, sub-emotional fuel under the main emotion. So, for example, sometimes there'll be something the mind is ruminating about, a memory, and there's anger that comes up. So then might feel anger, and you're doing it as I described. Then it fades away, then it comes back again, then it comes back again. By the third time it comes back again, then you want to just gently inquire with awareness if there's even something else uh, underneath that. You don't need to be taking out like a pickaxe and really, you know, shoveling through, but sometimes just by kind of dropping gently down a little bit, or like, is there something more to be known? Is there something else energetic here? And then sometimes underneath that could be a sadness or fear or self-righteousness, and then each of those has their own uh, energetic quality to them, and then actually feel into that one then, and be with that, through that one's sort of energetic life. Uh, So in that way, uh, you just kind of like be with whatever that energetic wave is, and if it feels intense in between, go back to something that feels fairly grounding and easy, if it's being with the breath, feeling your feet on the ground, something like that, yeah. Does that make sense? Thank you.
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the in doing this open awareness um, practice exercise, the mind was so loud and so strong, it felt very difficult to get back to any of the other uh, two choices in the multiple choice. Uh, yeah, exercise. Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, a good observation that you notice that. And in some ways, then you're noticing cause and effect. And um, that's one reason why we use the body as an anchor is because it is helpful to have a place to rest the attention like that, particularly because for many of us, perhaps even most of us, we're used to engaging with the field of the mind and engaging with that in a particular way, which is believing in it, identifying with it, um, getting mucked up in the content of it, and so on. So that's the habit that you've practiced. Uh, insert your age there, number of years. <laughs> and then you've come on retreat. And so now you've done this for somewhat less amount of time. Right? Uh, so it's understandable that that's the case. So then if it feels helpful, then use the body as an anchor. That's totally good practice. It's not like baby practice or anything like Um, That's totally legit and a skillful means to allow uh, yourself to develop stability of mind. And then still you can know from this space of the body when there's a strong experience of thinking, good label that, know that, and then come back again. So totally legit and good to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I find that very difficult because... there was like too much, like nothingness. I was just so relieved, and the turkey started outside. I was relieved, and my foot started hurting, just to give me something to like focus in on. And it seemed kind of a little weird that I was um, like kind of clinging to these other things. Right, right. So yeah, she's saying it seemed like too much nothing, nothingness to do the exercise like this, and then uh, was happy for the turkeys uh, making noise and different things, because then it gives something to attend to. Um, Yeah, sometimes it could be that if you leave this sort of openness, um, it allows for tuning in to more subtle experiences. So sometimes there's something like even a sense of calm or just spaciousness or, you know, or it just naturally becomes the sense of the body breathing is present like that. Um, But it also is fine to just to use the anchor in the way that I described, like to keep the body as an anchor, and then when something noticeable like that. But it, it can sometimes allow for some awareness of more subtle experiences that are there. If we're, it's a very like kind of receptive state, this kind of like resting in awareness and then noticing whatever it is that's there. And sometimes even if it's like nothing or spacious or space, or there can be a quality of peacefulness or calm, Or then if you notice that your mind's like, what's the next object? What's the next object? Then, you know, notice that leaning, right? So notice that quality of leaning like that. And and with that, you could notice, you know, we're trying to like just see the objects coming and going, but uh, it doesn't always happen like that. Like the mind clings to something. Like maybe the turkey made a noise. uh, Or actually, to be more accurate, there was a sound, hearing. Then there was maybe an identification image in the mind of turkey or... And then maybe you had feeling about said turkey, love, hate, fear, whatever, right? Uh, And then maybe there was a clinging to that or a pushing away of it, right? And then if you don't notice the thing, then the proliferation of mind starts, like 
too many damn turkeys here, why they don't get rid of some of them, or I love the turkeys, they're actually like my meditation teachers, you know, like, so either way then, okay, thinking, and then back like that, whatever. So, uh, so either way is good, you know, rest with the attention, with the body, breath, more, and that's totally good practice, or sometimes in that spaciousness it allows for more, you know, Hmm. Cool. Great. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, so question whether to use this kind of open awareness technique when you walk. Um, you can, if the um, attention is strong enough, the concentration, collectedness, mindfulness is strong enough, it certainly is possible to be walking and then allow different experiences to arise. Um, in general, though, I'd say with the walking, it can be helpful to use that because there's so much... Now we're open to the, the seeing also, which is another of the sense doors that we get pulled into a lot. Um, it can be helpful to still have a primary focus with the body, you know, and then as something becomes predominant, then notice that, but, you know, train in this uh, tuning in. But you could play with it and see what it's like. Like, if you get lost a lot, if you're just allowing the flow of experience and knowing the sense of the body walking, and then there's a sound, and then this. Because there's more sort of the mobility and motion, it can get a little bit more complicated, but it's possible, I should say. Another way to play with this in sort of a different way, and um, you can do this either in the walking practice or really even if there's a time when you're um, like walking down the hill or going for a walk, is to play with um, exploring the different sense fields. In this case, it would be sort of like intentionally in succession. So feeling the experience of the body walking for like a little bit, then actually opening to the sense of hearing and then whatever arises in that field then going back to the experience of the body walking, then opening to the sense of seeing, then the experience of the body. So kind of alternating in that way. It's not the same sort of open, free flow, free form, but you're still sort of allowing and sequence these different sense experiences to be known. So um, you could play with that a little bit too, if you like. So a question is a thought of the senses as processed through mind, and um, I'm suggesting that the just awareness is something uh, different than that. So say what you mean by the process through mind. Well, when I hear something, 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Uh, in in this schema, uh, we're saying that the the mind is both a sort of sense field. It's a sense field in which these objects, mostly it's sort of like objects arising, and there is some you know we're calling it like the mind, but the words can be confusing sometimes, right? But that the awareness of like hearing, for example, uh, does not go through, or you, you know, it's theoretical, like you could say like, oh, is that going through the mi- mind, the thinking mind or not? It's not going through the thinking mind except in the sense that there's some mental aspect we could call like perception that's happening. So the perception uh, is considered a mental factor. So... Mental factors are always at play, you could say, but the primary sense experience is uh, hearing or smelling or touching or something like that. Okay. All right, great. So uh, opportunity for more walking practice. And um, yeah, aside from the suggestion I gave for the walking, another one you could try is just noticing, even within the continuity of walking practice, are there ways in which I'm more attentive when the foot's on the ground than when it's moving? You know, is that a place when my attention goes? Uh, Am I tuned in in the place of the turning? You know, or do I kind of habitually space out during those moments of transition? So just, you know, very gently uh, checking out the level of connection uh, through that process of the walking can be interesting and helpful. And then if it feels like you notice like, oh, there's certain places in which kind of habitually I'm not as tuned in, then see, like, can I bring more attention there? Not by grinding it down, but in some ways by like allowing the attention to collect and settle uh, through being interested, so kind of in a positive way uh, doing that. And some of you who might not have tried this, um, who've been walking in a very open way and who find it very distracting, you could also play with something they call um, guarding the sense doors, right? This is actually kind of the opposite of the open awareness I described, but since people are having many different experiences, I thought I'd mention it. Um, So in this case, with guarding the sense doors, it's kind of like primarily being present with the body, but intentionally keeping the eyes cast downward, you know, maybe there's some flicker over there that could be a fascinating squirrel, but you keep disciplinedly <laughs> kind of uh, here. You, so you're kind of intentionally not allowing that openness that could feel like it invites distraction. So keeping yourself kind of focused like this. And the key with this, and in general with the practice, is that we're doing that from a place of uh, like devotion, like interest, even love. Uh, so the quality of attention is not like I hate everything else, you know, uh, but it's really like interest in this. And there's some way in which in order to be, uh, yeah, to do anything, you have to do that. Like if you're going to read a book and you're in a library, like you have to focus on reading that book, right? Like if you're like, who's that guy? What's the fan doing? What are the other books, right? You're not really going to get to read the book. So it's just more of that quality of just, you know, paying attention uh, in a 
positive, wholesome, interested way um, and guarding the sense doors in that way rather than uh, like because you dislike or because there's something dangerous or wrong with the other senses. Yeah. So we'll play with that. It's all kind of skillful means. Uh, and uh, yeah, at different times during the day and even at different times during one period of practice, it could be that different of these uh, skills are more useful. And that's fine. It's not like you have to pick one and like stick with that all the time. So this is kind of learning the art of uh, practice too. So thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.